Hello and welcome to the UK Personal Finance Show with Phil Anderson, the podcast designed to give you all the financial advice you'll ever need. This is episode 148, where in a moment we're looking into with profits investments. That's in just a sec, as I say, but please bear in mind, if you have a general financial query, you're in the right place because we have an enormous resource of free advice right here and you can access it all simply through delving into our back catalogue of shows because in our programmes to date, we featured loads of stuff, mortgages, investing, wills, and powers of attorney and heaps more. You name it, we've done it pretty much. And last time we looked at joint borrower sole proprietor mortgages with guest expert Laura Stephen of Phil Anderson Financial Services. Find the UK Personal Finance Show with Phil Anderson on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts and you'll get us there. As I say, an enormous resource, all available for free. Find our previous shows after listening to this one and have a binge on what you need. While you're there, if you could rate and review us, for instance, you could tell us what we need to address to help you out and follow the show. And then that way, you'll get that episode when we record it next time. I'm John Ellis, and joining me this episode in Phil's absence is Andrew Schooler. Hi, Andrew. Hi, John. Thanks for having me along again today. Nice to have you. Now, what is a with profits investment, first of all? Yeah, so with profits relates to the fund or the, the type of uh, fund that you're invested in and the investment products, ISAs, investment bonds, pensions, general investment accounts. So basically, the best way I can describe uh, with profits fund is it's a pooled investment. So everybody's funds get pooled into effectively one pot and then you've got fund managers that then determine how that money's invested. So similar to the likes of a multi-asset, multi-manager type funds, but there are subtle differences in its reporting, how growth is added and that side of things. But basically, it's a fund of funds where your money is invested in many different ways. Okay, so it's like having the kitty at the pub, right? hundred uh, percent. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> One person is looking after it. So that's the thing. Not to trust yeah. That person. yeah. Okay. Um, so what does With Profits Fund invest in them? Okay. So basically the With Profits Funds, they can invest money in any way they see fit. Now, the fund managers will have a, a, a framework that they, um, that they work to. So You'll have money invested in equities, so the stock market. You'll have money invested in property. You'll have money invested in fixed interest, so bonds and gilts. There could even be commodities and cash within the within the um, with profits fund. Basically, the fund manager's job is there to allow the money to grow and to give it the best opportunity to grow, because. You know, as we'll discuss in a little bit more detail uh, later on, is really important that that is has the ability to grow because then it can have some serious impacts in the fund going forward. Okay, and and what sort of bonuses do you get on these then? Well, well, this this is really where there's a major difference between uh, with profits funds and standard multi asset, multi manager type funds. So. Basically, the uh, you know if if we, even if we take a step back and say, well, okay, how how does a with profits fund report? Now, you know you will not see daily changes when it comes to a with profits fund. So, if you look at a chart on the performance of a with profits fund, it's normally a relatively straight line. And how it grows is by applying bonuses. So that's that's exactly what we're speaking about here. So 
bonuses are applied. So there's two types of bonuses. There's regular bonuses and there's terminal bonus. And again, we'll, we'll go into a little bit more detail in both those elements. But that's basically how growth is applied to the fund. So rather than seeing, oh, it's up one day or oh, it's down another day, it'll look like a relatively straight line. When bonuses are applied, then you'll see growth being being applied. So it's also known as smoothing as well. So rather than this kind of, you know, jumping about that you see on uh, stock market graphs, you should see a relatively straight line. There are a few situations where that will not look like a straight line. Again, we'll come into that in a little bit more detail, but basically the smoothing effect is there to basically protect investors from highs and lows. So they'll say, well, okay, we'll we'll take some of the profits that we make and help bolster the bad times. So it's a nice smooth line that you see rather than a kind of jagged line. Okay. I, I always think financial services industry is a little bit like the offshore industry in so much as it's littered with terms that aren't always immediately helpful. So when I see one, I ask, and, and thank you for covering what is smoothing for me. <laughs> so those are the bonuses. You mentioned there were two types there. The difference between a terminal bonus and a regular bonus. Yeah, absolutely. So, and this is where with profits funds are changing a little bit at the moment. So, how a regular bonus works is depending on the fund's reporting strategy, whether it be monthly, quarterly, annually, they'll apply a bonus that's then invested into your money. So basically, that's your growth for the year, the quarter, the month, however the fund is set up. So that regular bonus forms part of your investment. Now, terminal bonuses are slightly different. Now, a terminal bonus is you know, uh, um, part of the with profit fund that if you keep the plan to maturity or when the plan is encashed, this terminal bonus is added. Now, once a regular bonus is added to the plan, that's it. It's locked in. Nothing can change about that. It's set in stone. It's part of your investment. A terminal bonus, though, can be withheld in full. So in theory, you know, you could be looking at a statement. And when you look at a statement for a with profits fund, it'll say, this is your total transfer value of X amount. But Y amount is made up from the terminal bonus. So that will be part of the overall transfer value. Now, when it comes to maturity, when it comes to making to, to encashing the plan, the with profits provider can completely withhold that terminal bonus. They could say, well, based on market uh, situations just now, we're not going to pay this uh, terminal bonus. And that can be as high as 40% of the value of the plan. Now, obviously, it's in very exceptional circumstances that they would do that. You know, withholding it completely is rare, but not with the the rules of the plan. What is more likely is you'll um, you'll see a thing called a market value reduction being applied. Now, this is a way that the if the stock markets are down and the underlying assets of the with profits plan are a lot lower than actually what it's showing on paper, they'll apply this market value reduction to the terminal bonus. And then that's their way of clawing back some of their losses. So 
you know, on one hand, you know, it, it gives clients a nice kind of smooth ride when it comes through their investment life, but there could be a real sting in the tail when it comes to encashing a with profits plan. And again, we'll, we'll come into that in a little bit more detail later on. So, I mean, I guess the, the thing that you need to know now, then having figured out about the, the market value reduction and the idea of the terminal bonus being withheld, how has the performance been on this type of investment recently? You know what, the, the, the fear very similarly to standard investments. So basically they're investing money in, in very, very similar ways to a normal portfolio approach would do. So yes, we saw declines in value over you know last year when bond markets went through the floor, equity markets went down, we're seeing them picking up again. But the crucial thing about a with profits fund is while you were in there, you didn't see that in the value of your investments. So, you know, the you know, there may have been a little bit of a drop at COVID, there may have been a little bit of a drop last year, but it's a relatively smooth line. So for a lot of people, they like it because you know, they look at it and say, oh yeah, bonus is added, that's fine. And they know they're not in something that's going to be changing on a daily basis. Even though it is in the background, they don't see that. So they're sheltered a little bit from from the from that side of things. As for performance, the, there is no one size fits all when it comes to with profits funds. They can be invested in any way the fund manager sees fit. We can also see different risk ratings on uh, with profits funds. Prudential is one of the biggest provider of with profits funds. They've got a range of different risk ratings to their with profits funds. And then in turn, the expectation for growth is higher as the risk increases. So a lower risk with profits fund expectations are low. You know, it could be a couple of percent every year up to four, five, six percent in the higher risk plans. Okay. And you mentioned Prudential there. Which other companies offer this sort of funds? Yeah. And you know, I'll with profits funds have have were very, very popular, you know, in the late nineties, early two thousands. And you know, it's something we've always been aware of, but not something that we look at as advisors a huge amount because I like to know exactly where I stand. So, you know, when I knew I was coming in to speak about this, I did a little bit of research on how many funds, how many with profits funds are on the market. At the moment, there's just over around just over sixty different funds uh, on the market. Different providers doing that, multiple variants from different uh, providers. So, Prudential. LV, just a few off the top of my head. There's quite a few providers out there, Wesleyan as well. They're still doing with profits funds. So there's definitely still a demand for them. But as a financial advisor, I like to know exactly where funds are sitting, whether it be high or low, and then I can kind of take action. You know, with profits are slightly different. Well, that, that, that's kind of what I was I was going to ask about because you're saying there's one fund manager, and we've spoken about market value reduction, which is probably going to be 
to to the majority of people involved in, in this fund is is going to come as a you know a big shock almost because they're not seeing they're seeing the smooth line. So no. when they when they eventually get told, well, actually, um, we're going to apply a market value reduction, and and here's the situation. How much information do they get? Because it would it it, it would occur to me that if I was sitting there watching this happening, that occasionally I might want to say, well, you know, this fund manager's kind of let us down, guys. Can we get another? Yeah, uh, absolutely. It's a really valid point. And 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 this is where we, we kind of speak about the sting in the tail at the end of a worth profits funds. Now, the worth profits manager will only tell you, or the worth profits fund will only tell you if there's a market value reduction going to be applied when it comes time to withdraw. So you could put in a request for a withdrawal or a, or a transfer. So for myself as an advisor, if I'm recommending a client transfer out of a with profits fund, we, we're right into the provider to find out, is there a market value reduction? How much is it? And do they expect this to end in the future? Because you know, if there's a market value reduction being applied, I need to have a robust conversation with my client to say, well, okay, if we do this, there is going to be a X percent reduction to the figure that you thought that you had in your plan. Do you still want to proceed with this? And then, you know, there's all the advice process that goes on at that point in time. But the the fund managers or the with profits managers won't tell you, yep, that's a a market value reduction on now, or that's it off in two weeks time. It's really only at the time when you try and access the fund. And where that has been an issue is clients that have used this for pensions. They're coming to retirement. Let's say they're buying an annuity. So you're basically taking all your pension, giving it to an annuity provider. But then the the, the pension was invested in a uh, with profits fund. And then all of a sudden, there's a 10, 15% drop in value. So their income that they thought they were going to be able to get you know, isn't there. Now, on all the statements that you get with regards to with profits funds, they always say, you know, in big, bold letters, we may apply a market value reduction and a terminal bonus may not be paid. But, you know, you can read it, but until it's actually put in pounds and pence in front of you, you know, it's just words on a bit of paper really at the end of the day. So a lot of people have been caught out with them. It's not to say that they're wrong. It just means that you're hidden a little bit or you're, you're shielded a little bit from volatility. Whereas an advisor, I would much rather know exactly where I stand with regards to plan values. Is it possible? I mean, if you if you're savvy, if you're a savvy investor, well, perhaps if you're a savvy investor, you might not be going into this in the first place. But, but if you were, and and this is, I mean, it's a, it sounds good when you start off because it, you you talk about it's going to invest in lots of different things, and that you've spoken before about spreading your money across different asset classes, and and that that's great. Do you know, as someone going into this, what? It specifically what they're putting the money into, because if you do, then you could you could have a rough idea yourself of how something's performing, couldn't you? Yeah, absolutely. And you know, when you look at so uh, as an advisor, I can get fact sheets for every with profits fund that's on the market, and 
normally with a fact sheet, the fund manager will break down a where the asset classes are, so where the money is invested, how much in the UK, America, Far East, etc. So sorry, geographical areas, but asset classes, equity, property, etc. They may also give you the top ten holdings within the within the uh, with profits funds, but that's only correct at the time of that fact sheet being produced. So you should always have an idea of how things are being invested. Where a with profits fund, if somebody's actually really paying attention to what's going on with regards to markets, has a really good idea of performance, what's doing well, what's not doing well, would they be investing in a with profits? Maybe not, because in my view, a, a with profits is a set up and forget. You know, from from an advisor point of view, you know, if, if somebody's set up in a with profits fund there isn't really a huge amount of management that's required going forward. It's very much a case of, yeah, you want this to be invested for 20 years. You don't really want to look at it. You want something that, you know, you're going to hopefully get a nice steady growth over the years. Fine. You know, that's the route to go down. If a client is actually wanting to engage either with the advisor and the investment strategy, a with profits fund may not be the best option to look at. Yeah, I mean, as I say, it sounds like something that potentially is good for, in terms of time, possibly now, in so much as everything's so erratic. So, you know, for for a few years, it might it might seem like you know a positive step. Absolutely, and you know the the Prudential funds have been amazingly popular purely for that reason. Mm. They're sitting with something around about one hundred and seventeen billion pounds within their funds, which is is an eye watering amount of money. But it just goes to show that that you know not everybody wants to engage not everybody wants to know oh i'm up 1% today or i'm down 2% tomorrow or i'm up 5% next week you know they just want that that's it set up i've got a rough idea of what's going on it's invested hopefully i'll be getting a better return than a cash based savings account but i don't need to worry about it and i can forget about it and just just have it put away yeah all of that that's what i want except i don't want the sting in the tail and 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 that that's that's the thing with it, obviously. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And you know, it it's you know where the with profit shields you from volatility. It's not going to be at the detriment of the fund manager's profit margins. So if they are giving you this nice kind of steady growth, but all of a sudden there's the next financial crisis that drops twenty five percent off of all assets right across the board you can be absolutely sure that they will then pass that uh, reduction onto you through the vehicle of the market value reduction. And, you know, we are seeing that a lot more with profits providers are moving a little bit more towards the terminal bonus, making the terminal bonus bigger, reducing the regular bonuses. So they've got a little bit more flexibility within there to hold things back if required. Mm. Yeah, I'm not completely sold on this, I have to be honest. But um, what, what, sort of, what sort of person would be? I mean, the, the, the providers that do the type of investments, we've touched on those. You said there's about 60 in the market just now. Who are they suitable for, though, these investments? 
look, don't get me wrong. I'm not. Uh, I'm not. You know, I wouldn't slate them at all. You know, and you know, I know for a fact we have uh, many clients that are using with profits funds just purely because that is the that's the right thing for them. And you know, if you've got a client who is risk averse potentially uh, if they just want to know right I'm going to get a nice smooth steady growth I'm not interested in market volatility I can put money away for the medium to long term so kind of 5, 10, 15, 20 years great if they're looking for growth that's a good option for them you know so you know don't get me wrong they, they serve a very good purpose you know, is it something that I would look at for the right client? Absolutely. I, I wouldn't discount it, put it that way. I wouldn't say you're just flat. No, we shouldn't be looking at with profits funds. And they are becoming increasingly more interesting, I would say, going forward for clients that are looking at a set up and forget strategy that maybe aren't going to be so say for a client, a client wants me to set up an investment, but doesn't want it reviewed, don't want to engage with a financial advisor until the maturity point of time, then that could be a good option for them. Whereas a lot of other portfolios do require management, the with profits funds can be very much a, yep, yeah, you know, there is set up and I can, and they can just let it happen and they don't need a, a financial advisor to be moving things around within there. Yeah, I don't have the time in my day, but uh, I've got some money in my account. So there you go, you can have it. You got it, absolutely. If someone has an existing with profits investment, uh, is now a good time to be reviewing it? It, it? It's the same with everything, you know, whether it be a with profits or whether it's any type of investment. You need to remember when a investment was set up, it should have been correct at the time of setting it up. Now, that could have been last year. It could have been five years ago, 10 years ago, 20 years ago. Just because it was correct at the time of setting up doesn't mean to say it's correct just now. So um, especially with regards to market value reductions and that side of things, it's a good idea to at least have a conversation with an independent financial advisor to say, right, this is what I've got where are the pitfalls? Am I going to get caught out when it comes to retirement? Is this the right strategy for me going forward? So, you know, anybody that has a with profits plan that is concerned should absolutely speak to an independent advisor at that point in time. Okay. And just before we get on to this week's questions, it might be worth just very quickly summarizing the pros and cons of the idea of with profits investments. Yep. Okay. So benefits, it provides a very diverse, normally risk-rated investment strategy for clients. It smooths the growth. So you tend to see a nice straight line when it comes to growth. So you're not going to see volatility on a day-to-day basis. Bonuses can be added through regular bonuses and through the terminal bonus. The downside is you don't exactly know where you stand at any point in time. So just because you see a figure on your statement doesn't mean to say that's what you have there. Because if you transfer out or if you need to withdraw funds, you know, um, and cash the investment, then you could end up getting less back than you thought was in there because of market value reductions. But, you know, ideal for somebody who doesn't want to 
be worried about volatility on a day-to-day basis and can save for the medium to long term. Okay. Now, Phil is uh, very keen on trying to help you with your queries. So if ever you want to email a question to us, please do. And as always, we can ask it anonymously if you prefer. Let's get on to this week's contact details in just a moment. I'll give it to you after this. Uh, This first one's from Alison who says, Hi, I'm at an age where I can now legally access my pension, but I'm still working and we have no intentions of retiring in the immediate future. I wondered, though, if the money I'm entitled to to access could be better utilised and work harder for me elsewhere, or am I as well leaving it where it is? Okay, so there's a number of points that we can kind of unpack from that question. So it's a question we get asked quite a lot at the moment. You know, the earliest you can access a pension is 55 years old. The best way to look at a pension is it's really in two parts. There's, if you think of the pension as a, now I'm assuming this is a known as a money purchase pension or a DC pension defined contribution, where it's a pot of money. And, and I'll focus my answer on that because we'll be here all day if we go down all the <laughs> options. So I'll, I'll, I'll assume that it's a money purchase pension. So you can think of that pot of money in two parts, tax-free cash, taxable income that, that that can provide. So what I would say, if you don't need the money right now, then leave it exactly where it is because there can be tax implications on you taking that money out through an income. You know, you, pension income is then added to your earned income and then you know, you're going to be paying tax. Could push you into a higher rate tax bracket. 42% being paid on your pension is not an ideal scenario. The pension should be invested, so it should be working for you where it is right now. Now, as we said, you know, earlier on, you know, a lot of these plans can be set up you know, a long time ago. So is it still right for you now? You can get it reviewed from a financial advisor. Now, what some clients have done, though, at that point in time, they'll maybe have home improvements that they want to do, buy a camper van, etc. And you can access the tax-free cash from your pension without having any implications going forward other than you're reducing your pension pot so you're reducing your potential income in the future so you could quite happily say well okay i've got plans for the money i want to do an extension new windows new roof a camper van etc race car yeah yeah absolutely (laughs) it's it's a race car yeah isn't it yeah exactly so you you can take 25 percent of the uh, plan value out that's your tax-free element and then you can do something with that but the key to it is do you need it if the answer is no leave it where it is because it's in a it's in a tax efficient place where it is just now um but if you do need it it's worthwhile speaking to an advisor around the implications because if you access any of the taxable income flexibly through a drawdown pension, which we've spoken about in the past, you can trigger a thing called a money purchase annual allowance reduction that can have serious tax implications on any pension contributions you're still making through your workplace pension. So, wow, that that, that was a really long-winded way of, <laughs> of, of answering that question. But, you know, you, you can kind of summarise it, say, if you need it, great. You can't access some of it easily. Anything else has implications. If you don't need it, leave it where it is until you until you plan to retire. 
Okay. Next up, here's one from Alan in Lauder in the Borders, who asks, uh, like a lot of people here, I've worked in the woodlands industry. And recently, when made redundant, I received a lump sum, and I'm now thinking about starting on my own, making high-quality garments for a range of boutique shops locally. I intend to house my industrial equipment in premises in my garden for cost savings. Are there hidden costs which might make that less appealing, such as the level of insurance required, etc.? Yeah, this this is an interesting one because when I read the question, it wasn't the hidden costs that that put up a red flag. It was, are you able to run a business from your home of that type? Now, a lot of properties may be part of their title deed saying you're not allowed to run heavy industry. I don't know if it would be classified as heavy industry, but I'm guessing it would be quite a noisy industry. Uh, machinery and that sort of things. Are you able to to house that within your property? So, you know, that was the first thing that I thought about was obviously legally checking: can you run this type of business from your property? Is there going to be any planning issues that need to be addressed with regards to putting up new? premises if required or if you've already got like a steading that you can use grant but again can it does it need to be repurposed to do that is there going to be planning conditions applied you hit the nail on the head with regards to uh insurance absolutely because you know you're now no longer a residential property there is a business element within this property and a lot of insurance providers will void your insurance if you made a claim on it because you're running a business from that property and even more so if there's clients coming and going from your property that adds an additional risk so you would very much need to check that you've got appropriate insurance in place to cover that can you legally uh, run a, pro- a business like that from your property? And is there going to be any planning rules or planning conditions that are then applied? But, you know, wh- whatever or wherever you were to house this, whether it's your property or whether you've got an industrial unit to go and do it yourself, you're going to have exactly the same issues. The The thing is, you, you know, you're, you're not having to pay for rental of a unit if it's at your own home. So, it would definitely be the most cost-effective way of doing it, but is there going to be any, you know, additional costs? Yeah, there will be, but there's going to be that wherever you put the the, the business. Okay, thank you for that. Would you say as well, before you get in touch with a question, you might want to take a look at our back catalogue because we've covered a fair few topics now, and we may have touched on what you're interested in. I'm John Ellis. Thank you for joining us for episode 148 of the UK Personal Finance Show with Phil Anderson. And thank you also to Andrew Schooler from Phil Anderson Financial Services for being our guest expert on the show this week. If you feel you need a helping hand with anything we've been discussing or anything else of a monetary matter, find Phil for finance. Search Phil Anderson Financial Services online or join the Facebook group for the show. Search Personal Finance Community. That's Personal Finance Community uh, on Facebook. Phil's on Twitter and LinkedIn as well. Or why not email Phil a question he can answer on a future show. His address is phil at philandersonfinancial.co.uk. That's phil at philandersonfinancial.co.uk. Send me a question, and like I say, Phil could be answering it in an upcoming podcast. And please be assured we won't use your real name if that's how you prefer us to do it. Remember, if you found this useful, please rate and recommend us, and please follow us on Apple or wherever you get your podcasts. That way you'll get us every week with the info you want when you need it. You'll get all the links you need on Phil's social media. Good luck with your money. 
Phil's doing his best to help make that cash go further. We'll see you next time, and thanks for listening. Listener.